Ephesians chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 17. Actually, I want to start, I'm going to start a little bit before that at verse 15. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. So if you have a, a King James Version, traditional King James or NIV or Good News Translation or Amplified or whatever translation you may have, it's all right. We will get to the same place together. Amen. All right, here we go. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. In that which is to come. You know, for the believer, to imagine is different than those who don't know the Lord. And those especially who don't have the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, I feel like, is uh, obviously part of the triune Godhead. But we talk a lot about the Father. We don't hesitate to mention the Father in our prayers. Father God, He's a loving Father, Abba Father. He's a great Father, everlasting Father. We, we don't hesitate to mention the Father. And of course, the Son, salvation. And there is no other name in heaven or in earth or under the earth by which all of us would be saved than the name of Jesus. We're not hesitant to mention the name of Jesus. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for us. But sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap. Because either the Holy Spirit sometimes is not mentioned or when he is mentioned, it's associated with craziness and lunacy sometimes we think of the what's what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the holy spirit those of us churchgoers sometimes i think maybe the first thing that comes to mind is a a church service that's wild and the music is going and people are speaking in tongues and you know that type of thing or maybe when you think of the holy spirit you think of a serene time and you have candles all around and you're just meditating i don't know what comes to mind but the Holy Spirit is so much more than the box that we put him in. The Holy Spirit is the foundation, really, after salvation of our Christian walk. Right? You cannot walk without the Holy Spirit. Which way will you go? How will you know which way to go? It's like uh, driving a car and, and, and you can't see what's in front of you. Driving a car in the fog and you can't see without your lights, without something to guide you. It's what the Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit is not just a guide. He is a comforter. The Holy Spirit 
is what God used to seal us, the earnest of our salvation, the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit desires every single believer to live a purposeful life guided by him, a life that sees the dreams and visions that God has set in motion for you. The Holy Spirit is the dream partner. The Holy Spirit is what brings your dreams to life. If we act on the word of God, it is the Holy Spirit that is the wind beneath our wings. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, we need the Holy Spirit. And the main reason we need the Holy Spirit, whether you realize it or not, is because you are a spirit being. You are a spirit. A spirit is who and what you are. You are a soul, but you have a body. All we do is we look at each other and we see the body, the house that God put us in. Have you ever had this situation? I have several times in my life because my wife loves looking at open houses. Even when we're not thinking of moving or selling, she just likes looking at houses. And so there's several times that we've come up upon a house and I see it on the outside and I say, oh wow, that's a, that's a nice little house and it, it looks real nice and it's got a nice little porch. I like the color, it's yellow, nice little yard and all of that. But then you go in the house and it seems like the rooms are endless. And you look around and you wonder, how did all of this in here fit in that little house that I saw on the outside? Has that ever happened to you? And so it's difficult to judge something that's on the inside by what you see on the outside. And so you are a spirit being. You are so much more than what you see in the mirror. Come on. Because God has given you his spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, but as it is written, here, here is a verse, I just want to preface this with, here is a verse that I know I quote often, and many of us as Christians, we quote it often, but can I just tell you something without offending you, is often we misquote it, or we use it actually out of context. We don't use it in the right context, but I do want to say that that's okay, because the connotation is still true. I'll tell you what I mean. The verse says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If we stop right there, I'd say, wow, that is, that's amazing. God, we, haven't, we don't even know what God is doing. But Paul doesn't stop right there. Paul goes on to say that, but, God has, 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 has revealed them to us through what? His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So often we want to use that in situations where we just don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know how the situation is going to turn out. And somebody will say, listen, you, your eyes haven't seen and your ears haven't heard what God has prepared for you. Now, the connotation is true. We, have, we don't know everything that God has prepared for us. But in this particular situation, we must realize that Paul is saying that your physical eye can't see it. Come on. Your physical ear can't hear it. But God has revealed it to your spirit. So you, the real you, can see it. The real you can hear it. 
For we walk by faith, not by sight. I think one of the things that we have to understand is we have an inroad. We don't have to walk around groping, wondering what's going on. God wants to tell us through his Holy Spirit exactly what he has planned for us. He wants to tell us through his Holy Spirit if we would listen with our spiritual ears. But our problem is we go through life looking with our physical eyes and judging based on that. We go through life listening with our physical ears and judging based on that. So many judgments lead to misjudgments and make mountains out of molehills. But God has revealed them to us through his, why do we need the Holy Spirit? It's how God reveals things to us. Why? Because the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. And God has poured out his spirit back in Joel. He said that there's a time coming when I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I want to tell you that Pentecost has happened. God has poured out his spirit. It is available for you. The Holy Spirit is available for you. It's like a lot of people don't want to receive the Holy Spirit because what they've seen with their eyes, their natural eyes, what they've heard with their natural ears. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. And yes, the Holy Spirit came as cloven tongues of fire, but that is for a great purpose, to burn those things out of you that you don't want in you anyway. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Search and know me. Remove those things that are in me that are not like you. Burn them out. Because I sure have done a poor job of getting rid of them. Come on. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and comfort me. Imagine is a Holy Spirit work. We know that we are spirit beings. And it's different for those that don't know the Lord and don't have the Holy Spirit. I was reading some articles in my research. And I was reading some folks and scientists who really, uh, who, 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 who love evolution. Come on, this term evolution. And really, I don't want to blow your theology, but I don't really disbelieve the word evolution. All things evolve. But what they're talking about is Darwinism evolution. Come on. That we all came from an amoeba and it turned into something else and turned into something else and turned into something else. One of the things that I realized is they have a passion for disproving and hating God. I mean, it's a passion to disprove God. It's almost comical to disprove God. And it's, there's a very simple thing that we find in Scripture where the Lord tells us that flesh speaks to flesh. I was reading some of those articles and it was almost making me frustrated and upset. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, why are you so upset? Flesh speaks to flesh. Spirit speaks to spirit. Until the eyes of their heart are open and the eyes of their understanding are open, no sense in arguing. All you need to do is just preach Jesus. Tell them Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you. All the other stuff you can argue about all day long. All I can tell you is Jesus loves you. God is real. This is what happened in my life. And that Jesus loves you. Come on. That's our job. That's our job to give out maybe water, but it's God that gives the increase. He's the one 
that reveals. And so don't be upset because before salvation, there's a darkened understanding. Come on, there's a darkened understanding. Before salvation, we're dead to God. Before you get saved, there's no voice of God. No voice. Only to woo you to salvation. That's all that's there. Before salvation, there is no relationship with God. No relationship. All you do is hear the Spirit saying, you need to get saved. You need to come to Jesus. That's it. That's all there is before salvation. But after salvation, there's an enlightened understanding. Come on. After salvation, we're alive to God. The, the new spirit that's been awakened in us, hears God. But God has revealed it to us. The new spirit knows God. And so don't get frustrated if you're speaking to someone and they're not yet saved and they don't understand the deep things of God. But guess what? You do. Don't judge your life by that. You do. You can understand what God has for you by the Holy Spirit. Genesis 2-7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, come on, pneuma, the breath, the spirit of life, and then, then, human became a living soul, a living being. He formed man out of the dust of the ground. So Adam's laying there. He's not alive. It's a body. It's a body. But when he breathed into him, now he became a living being. You have a spirit. You have the breath of God in you. We were saved. That's exactly what happened to us. God breathed into us. And the Holy Spirit, come on, is now communing with our spirit. Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. God gave you your spirit. See, why do we get so confused? Why do we get so frustrated sometimes when things in the physical don't work out and we're not communing with God in the spirit? We don't pray in the spirit. Come on. We don't meditate in the spirit. We don't read his word with spiritual eyes. We just read the Bible and try to keep the law. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. I want to tell you this. You can't really even understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit because the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life to the Word. Imagine is a Holy Spirit work. Imagine is given to you by the... Your imagination is given to you by the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to imagine. Don't be afraid to dream. I feel like some people, maybe they never thought about dreaming or imagining in their life. Some of you have had dreams and because you've been offended, because it hasn't worked out, because you've been disappointed, you're saying, forget it. But this morning, the Lord would speak to you and say, it's time for you to dream again. It's a Holy Spirit work that God wants to do in you. Open yourself up to dreaming, no matter what's gone on. I understand that the world has turned its back on you at times. I understand that people have talked about you. I understand that you failed time and again. I understand that I understand that you've been offended. I understand that you've offended others. All of that is true. And God knew it all before he created you. He knew it all would happen. 
And he's telling you this morning, it's time to dream again. It's a Holy Spirit work. The Holy Spirit of God is here this morning to encourage you to dream, to imagine. You can have all the plans you want to. You can have all the goals and all the strategy. But if you don't start with a dream, if you don't start with an imagination, where are you going? What are you setting goals? Where are you trying to get to? Come on. God wants you to dream. There's three components of the redeemed spirit. First of all, when God gave you his spirit, when he redeemed you, your spirit is redeemed and he gave you his spirit, you have an intuition. Now, I know there's a lot of talk about women's intuition. And uh, though I've never seen that in the scripture, women's intuition, I know it to be true. Come on now. Let's just, if we're going to be real, we know it's true. But I want to tell you something as well. The Holy Spirit gives you an intuition. Gives you an intuition. Go on to the next slide there, Tegan. He gives you an intuition, and as the soul has its senses, so does the Spirit of God. A spiritual person is able to detect these things. And unlike the soul or the emotions, it's not from the mind, but from the innermost recesses of your being. There's things that you know. Come on. We, especially as Christians who have the Holy Spirit, we've been in situations where on the outside, you know, Eldon, it, it looks okay. You know, she brought him over, and he's everything she said he would be. I mean, he's a handsome young man. He has a job. Uh, he has a car. He speaks nicely. He has a good vocabulary. Mm, but something... Something, I can't put my finger on it. And see, girls, that's why you always bring this new boyfriend to another one of your girlfriends, a saved girlfriend with the Holy Spirit, because she knows. She knows. She can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is it? I, um, I can't tell you, but it's just the intuition. Something, there's something not sitting right in my spirit. Carrie, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> something, hmm. The Spirit of God gives us an intuition to help guide us through our life. Come on. And also, what, what you have is you have an intuition. You also have a communion with God. The Spirit of God allows you to commune directly with God because flesh speaks to flesh and spirit speaks to spirit. That communion is a power to interact with God, the ability to give and receive revelation. It's responding to the Spirit, desiring communion. Come on. With the Spirit of God, the ability to hear and receive worship. Can I tell you something else this morning? We can, we can lift our hands as we should. We can, we can use our voice as we should. But true worship, true worship now, cannot be done without the Spirit of God. Because the true worshipers, Jesus said, what? Worship Him in Spirit. Don't get upset with me. Jesus said that. Well, you mean I've been coming to church this whole time? I've been clapping and singing. That's all right, as you should. Keep on. Keep on. But true worship, if you want to get to that innermost place with God, it's with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And you can commune with Him. We communicate with the material world through our body, but we communicate with the spiritual world through the Spirit of God. I know we get to this place and people start thinking, well, it's so spooky. No, it's, it's really not spooky. 
it's really the real world. I mean, if, if you could see the real world, you might say that some of this is spooky. <laughs> I don't know what these, these humans are doing in the flesh. That's kind of spooky. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> but it's not spooky. It's who you really are. And then the third thing is you have a conscience. You have a conscience. The conscience is where God expresses his holiness, his holiness, his holiness in reproving sin and approving what is right. The voice of the conscience speaks before we sin, not just afterward. You know it's true. You might not want to admit it. Doesn't give us an excuse. And listen, we all fall short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I know that. But we have to come to the realization that with the Holy Spirit, God speaks to you before you sin. It happens. Thank you, Lord. And knowing that actually helps me because knowing that God spoke to me before I fell short and those times when I fell short anyway and disobeyed and he still loves me. Come on. Come on, parents. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you this was going to happen. In the flesh, it's, it's awful difficult. Not to say, I told you so. You made your bed, now lay in it. Come on. God helps us with that. The only bed that we lay in that God allows us to lay in is one that makes us better. He, didn't, he doesn't do it to crush us. He doesn't do it to prove something to us. He only does it to make us better. If it's not making us better, we don't have to lay in the bed. We just have to repent. We must repent. And so you have a conscience. Now let me just throw these seven imagined possibilities at you. This is why you need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit allows you to see what is possible. What is possible. I don't want to just see what's already happened. And you might say, well, you know, it's possible to get a good job. I know that because others have gotten a good job. So that's good. That's a good thing. But the Holy Spirit tells you things that are possible that you can't possibly see with your eyes. Imagine is to receive the dreams that God has for you. You don't have to sit around making up dreams. God has a dream for you. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the message translation puts it this way. It says, that's why we have this scripture text. No one has ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagine anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. But you, you've seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. And you can see it. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. What no one ever saw, what never occurred to you in the human heart, what no one thought could happen. No human has ever imagined this, but God is laying it before you. He's saying to you, it's time to dream again. Imagine is to see the future without limitations or restrictions. Remember when we began this series a couple weeks ago, we talked about how God came to Solomon and said, ask, what shall I give you? He didn't, he didn't, God, God, listen to how he came to him. He didn't come to him and say, uh, 
what shall I give you? God didn't ask Solomon a question. Okay, I want you just to see the perspective of this. He came to Solomon and he made a statement. He said, Solomon, ask, you ask, what shall I give you? Ask, ask me. God is saying this morning, ask me, ask me. Talk to me, don't assume. You already assume I won't do it. You assume because you failed before it's not going to work. Hey, I'm here. Ask me. I'm ruler of the universe. I created it. I'm here. <laughs> ask me. Ask, ask, ask. And see the future without limitation. No limits. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. The only limits on God are the ones we put there. He has no limits. And then imagine is the Holy Spirit opening our hearts and revealing his secrets. The Holy Spirit revealing his secrets to us. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Imagine is to believe what was impossible in the past is now possible. I couldn't do it before, but it's now possible. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the word of God. It is possible to man. It is impossible. But with God, come on. All things are possible. Imagine is to lift up the lid off your mind and resist. Watch now. Old assumptions. It's a new day, folks. It's a new day. It's a new day. You had old assumptions. You assumed because uh, this is the way it's always been done. You assumed because uh, it didn't work in the past. You assumed because so many things. But God is saying to you this morning, lift the lid off your mind and resist old assumptions. Open your mind to newness with God today. Start today. I know some of us are tired. Some of us have been through it. Some of us have been through it for years. It won't work. Some of us young people have seen older people stumble and trip and fall. We say, you know, it won't work. And it gets assumptions in our heart. But God is telling you this morning, lift the lid off your mind. Resist those old assumptions. Because God wants you to see the possibilities in your life. Imagine is to let go of lesser ambitions and reach beyond. Come on. If, you, if you're not reaching beyond, then you're not really trying. I mean, you can say that you want a better life. You can say all of those things, right? I mean, we, you know, I, I can say, you know, I want to be in shape and I want to be healthy. <laughs> but until I reach beyond myself, come on, until you push the plate away, until you change your life. And you can't just assume, oh, it's just going to be easy. I'll just do this instead of that. No, it's going to take you some effort. So you can say it all you want to, but until you reach beyond, until you reach beyond, come on, reach beyond what's possible in your life. God is telling you this morning, let's go beyond what I know I can do. Jump higher than you know how high you can jump. Come on. Walk farther than you walked last time. You can do this. You, can I just tell you something this morning? You're okay. You can do this. No matter what's happened yesterday, no matter what's happened in the past, you're okay. God is just saying, turn to me. That's all I want. Turn to me. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to do all of that stuff. Turn to me. Before you try it, turn to me. Turn to me. Remember I was talking about, uh, in the last series, I was talking about how we get products. And uh, we open up the product. And we see uh, the manual. And it says, read me completely. 
before operating this product. But we don't want to do that. We just want to figure it all out ourselves. And then when it's broken, we want to go into it and change parts out and do all this kind of stuff. And the manufacturer saying, just turn to me. I can tell you how to do it. I had the same situation. I know this is going to sound silly to people like Eldon. We ha we've had two toilets in our house that have run for the last, how long? Year, two years. Just running. You know, every once in a while, they just, then they stop. Then you'd be sitting there, all of a sudden, it'd run again. And I said, man, I don't know what's wrong. I looked inside there, and it looked okay to me. And I said, Dietrich finally said, look, these toilets fixed. Call the plumber, do something. I said, I'm not calling the plumber. I can, I can, I've changed out of, inside of a toilet. So without doing anything, I went to Lowe's. And I got all new, brand new insides to the toilet, everything. I got the new bobber, the new stopper, the new chain, the new thing that goes like that, that you do. I got all that stuff. I said, I'm going I'm to I'm fix all this stuff. Well, it just so happened uh, we had uh, a leak in, in condensation from our furnace. So we had to call uh, a plumber anyway to come, come and fix that. And when he came, I told him about the two toilets. And he looked in there and he said, oh, there's just a little red flap in there. Probably cost about $3 at Lowe's. Just take that out and put the new one in. I said, but I already bought all this other stuff. He said, well, that's good. I'll, I don't know what you can use it for, but, you know, this just needs a little red flapper. So I went to Lowe's, got the little red flapper, came two in a pack for $3.99. Took the thing off, put the red flapper on there. Red flapper, worked ever since. <laughs> Just go to somebody who knows. <laughs> go to somebody who knows, but we don't do that. We try to fix everything. We buy a whole bunch of stuff, waste money, and do all this stuff. And God is saying, listen, just come to me. <laughs> come to me, and you can reach way beyond what you ever thought that you could do. We need to understand that imagine is to make a faith declaration of what you see in the Spirit. What you see in the Spirit. Listen, we, we need to make some declarations. We need to begin to make some declarations in our life, some things that are not true to us, some things that we don't see. There are no facts to support it except the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and God told us we can do it. Based on that and that alone, we need to make some declarations. Because if you're making declarations on something you've already done, it's not a faith declaration. It's an already did it declaration, and I'll do it again. That's okay. But God wants us to make some faith declarations, some faith declarations. He wants us to reach beyond, not just beyond, but way beyond, way beyond where we thought we could go. And the only way we can do that is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is important. The Holy Spirit is someone that we need. The Holy Spirit is a he. <laughs> it's not an it. And he wants to take you to a new level even this morning.